I try not to do this too often because it feels like cheating, but I'm going to let God do the talking on this one in a minute. Cyrus the Great to the Jewish people meant the end of Babylon and the beginning of Persia. They were trading one empire for another and getting further and further away from the autonomy of the theocracy that God established on Sinai. But they had asked for kings, and they got their own king, then they got their own kings, and then split into two and had two of their own kings, and then got conquered by foreign kings, and then, you know, Cyrus. God himself does the talking about Cyrus, and he talks about him unlike any king, let alone a foreign king. Cyrus would allow the restoration of Jerusalem and the temple. Cyrus would bring exiles home and rule benevolently. Cyrus would be the best megalomaniacal dictator that the Jewish people ever had. And so it makes sense that God would have something to say about him through Isaiah the prophet long before Cyrus was even a name Jewish people knew. But what God says when he talks about Cyrus is that God would be talking through Cyrus. That's nothing new. God is never not saying something to those who will listen through history and his created order. But About Cyrus, God says that through Cyrus, God is saying that God works through his anointed one, that God forms in the womb those he will call to serve him, that God summons by name his agent through whom he cares for his people far more than they could ask or deserve. In other words, God talks about Cyrus the way he talks about Jesus. And before you hear me read what God says about Cyrus, I want you to hear me say, as clearly as I know how, that God doesn't wait for someone to be exactly like Jesus before he uses them to tell people about Jesus. He doesn't need them to be perfect. He doesn't need them to be sinless. He doesn't need them to be Jewish. He doesn't even need them to be born yet. God uses people who are not like Jesus and says, look at how they are like Jesus in order to say what Jesus is like to people who are not like Jesus. At no point does God want us to think that Cyrus is Jesus. That's not what he's saying at all. At no point was anybody supposed to worship Cyrus, but they were absolutely supposed to worship God because of Cyrus, and they were even supposed to see enough of Jesus in Cyrus to worship God because of Jesus, because of Cyrus. And we should too. Which is why this is what the Lord says, your Redeemer who formed you in the womb. I am the Lord, the maker of all things, who stretches out the heavens, who spreads out the earth by myself, who foils the signs of false prophets and makes fools of diviners, who overthrows the learning of the wise and turns it into nonsense, who carries out the words of his servants and fulfills the predictions of his messengers, who says of Jerusalem, it shall be inhabited, 
Of the towns of Judah they shall be rebuilt, and of their ruins I will restore them. Who says to the watery deep, Be dry, and I will dry up your streams. Who says of Cyrus, He is my shepherd, and will accomplish all that I please. He will say of Jerusalem, Let it be rebuilt, and of the temple, Let its foundations be laid. This is what the Lord says to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I take hold of to subdue nations before him and to strip kings of their armor, to open doors before him so that gates will not be shut. I will go before you and will level the mountains. I will break down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. I will give you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. For the sake of Jacob, my servant, of Israel, my chosen, I summon you by name and bestow on you a title of honor, though you do not acknowledge me. I am the Lord and there is no other. Apart from me, there is no God. I will strengthen you, though you have not acknowledged me, so that from the rising of the sun to the place of its setting, people may know there is none besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. That's what God says through and about Cyrus. You and I are dust and breath, loved by God, bought by Jesus. This podcast is written and produced by me, Ethan Cherney, a pastor at Bethel Lutheran Church in Menasha, Wisconsin, member of the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod. Outro music arranged and performed by Mr. Peter Shawey, who is like a spring whose waters never fail. Keep in touch. Reach out to us on Twitter or Facebook at Dust and Breath Pod or send an email to dustandbreathpod at gmail.com. Or you could write us a review, recommend a episode to somebody else. That's the only way other people find out about the show. Now go, do what God called you to do, be who God made you to be, see what God can do with dust and breath and faith in Jesus, his son. <laughs>